Hey guys, welcome to our second episode. Today I interview a good friend of mine, Amina. She's an ICU nurse in New York City. In this interview, we talk about her starting pay as a New York nurse, how much we think you should pay for a nursing degree, and how COVID affected her. Again, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Thank you. Hey, so what's up, Amina? Hi, Danny. How are you? <laughs> good, good, good. All right, so let's just get, get straight into it. What made you decide to pursue a career in nursing, and how, how long have you been in nursing now? I've been in nursing for um, six years, six, six, seven years. I pursued a career in nursing because I was studying abroad, studying public health, and I thought I wanted to be this health educator, but I realized that there was just a mass amount of people who were telling people what was wrong with them and giving health education, but there wasn't a lot of hands-on people, people who had both experiences. So I wanted to have both experiences. What was your biggest challenge in nursing school? My biggest challenge in nursing school is time management because it's very expensive and um, most people take out loans and their parents pay for them, but I didn't have that um, luxury. So I had to work full time on top of full time plus work, plus go to school. I mean, so it was very challenging like to make it to class on time, make it to clinicals on time and study and like pay for my tuition. That was super challenging. Definitely. I think Similar to yours, mine was studying. Studying was hard. It was hard to stay focused uh, during studying because the material was dense. Um, right. I think after a while, I took the advice from my family where I would study for three hours, take a break, and then go again back at it for three more hours. Because if you study straight through, at least for me, I would just doze off. Or I had to study straight through because I used to work like 16 hours, six days, and then like I used to work nights, like 12. I used to work 16 to 12. So then I only had like the day before. Like I used to only take off work the day before the test. So I used to study like all day. I used to be on the train, like from the beginning of four train to the last stop and study because I only had one day. So I was like, I just yeah. have to pass this test. In one day? Yeah, I just have to pass the test. That was my only goal Ooh. in university. Goodness. Yeah, see, I needed multiple days. I didn't really work when I was in school, but you had you had a job. So you were right. able to do that a lot. You know, a lot of people don't work. Some people do. Um, it's definitely intense um, that you were able to have a job during nursing school. Did you have a job the entire time? The entire time. <laughs> so what job did you have in nursing school? I was a nurse's assistant for like the, primarily a nurse's aide. And then I was a nurse, like um, I had like a home care nurse, like extern job, like a nurse, what? like a nurse liaison job. That wasn't your first nursing, I guess, field job. What was your first job, I guess, that in you were introducing in healthcare? There you go. My in first job in healthcare was working, washing dishes in a nursing home. That was my first healthcare job. I used to wash dishes in a nursing home, and then I got promoted to dining services, and you know, had to wear a little tie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, assisted living. It was an assisted living. It was a nursing home. It was an assisted living. But they were you know, so it was a little upgrade. So, so, so you started as a dishwasher in nursing home. Yeah. And then, and then today you're a surgical neuromedical ICU ICU trained nurse. Right. So, so what was what was the transition? You went from you know uh, washing dishes to what was next to nursing aid to where you're at now. What what was so, what was the transition? So in the beginning, I was focusing on public health. So I was washing dishes serving food, but then I was, I started working for a nonprofit. So I used my nursing home connection to 
for my nonprofit in Sierra Leone. So I was going to nursing homes who were being renovated. I was a development intern, development associate. So I used to go to different CEOs of nursing homes that are being renovated and collect charity, like old beds and old equipment to send to Africa. That was my first professional job I did as a development associate. And wh- where was that? That was in Michigan. Okay. But then when I, after I studied abroad, I realized I wanted to go into more hands-on. I then went into home care nursing. Um, okay. medication in Michigan where you could get meds it was like a basically what a diploma nurse would be in New York like we could get okay. medications we could work with like home care um okay. patients, like those kind of things yeah okay and then after, so then after went, that then I went to nursing school um then I got in New York in New York I got okay. a nursing job home care doing like uh basically like it would have been like what, what, what would have been like a, a long-term care acute rehab like long-term okay. LTAC but people didn't okay. want to deal with LTAC so there would be like people who could pay for their families to get this care at home so it was okay. like an ICU setting in people's homes that was my first job okay. so people were like brain dead peg tubes lab draws simple and okay. then I transitioned into my first uh hospital setting was working at PACU at the same day surgery center okay. um then I went into neurosurgery ICU and I went into MICU, then I went into transplant, and then I did CICU. So now I'm just MICU and CICU. That is, that's, that's a long transition. I, you know, so I assumed your first job was a nursing assistant job, and it wasn't. So you have a, you have a huge background of different fields of medicine and, you know, essentially nursing in that. Um, right. And that's why, so, essentially, that I went into, which I'm, I'm sure this is another question, but I went into health policy because I felt like I understood the system of healthcare in a more dynamic way because I've worked in so many different levels of the healthcare system that I feel like somebody with my experience would be better able to make positive change or effective change that will benefit all tiers of healthcare because I've worked in all tiers of healthcare. But that does lead into my next question about you as a nursing assistant. Do you think that background helps you as a nurse today? It initially helped me as a nurse. The things that scare people like blood and like, you know, patients being like hmm. ultramental sadness. Like I've already seen that. So- okay. So you felt like you were very comfortable with the bedside care. Right. You know, bedside care is definitely intimidating if you've never done it. Exactly. So I think, you know, nurses with that background of nursing assists, they definitely excel at connecting with patients and being yeah. comfortable there because it's, it's, it's definitely different from what you learned in school. Exactly. So let's talk about pay. You started as a dishwasher. You had various jobs in nursing in between. Today, you're a nurse. Uh, how much did you start as a dishwasher? Can you just take us through all that? Okay, so as a dishwasher in Michigan, I was making about 12000 a year, twelve to 15000 But my rent was only $500. So it was like, it was equivalent to, you know, the cost of living. So it wasn't bad. And you- and you were you were comfortable at that twelve thousand dollars? I was going to Vegas. I was going to Miami. I was because <laughs> okay. you know, okay. that just sounds low. Okay, it Go sounds ahead. low, but the cost of living is lower there. Okay, it wasn't. A, okay. It's still not. It's still not look, good money for anywhere. Twelve thousand dollars. It wasn't like no, you're not balling. Okay. <laughs> and then I went to. I had other jobs. Coming to New York, my first job was a PCA working full time. I was making thirty six thousand dollars a year. That's PCA, your nursing assistant. Nursing assistant. That's with no overtime. Because when I did my overtime, okay. I was making more. Of course. Okay. You know, 
And then as a man, how much did you make with overtime? As no, with overtime, I got to fifty. I got to fifty thousand. Okay. So okay. Like doubles, sixty okay. hours, six days a week. Right. Okay. Then as a nurse, my first job on night, I was getting paid ninety thousand. Okay, ninety thousand. So that's a big difference from when you started. Right. Do you uh, th- with that pay increase? Did you feel like you had a you can afford a different lifestyle? Um, was it worth all the hard work? I didn't change my lifestyle so much. Like go to live in a one bedroom downtown mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Like I stayed in my neighborhood. You know, didn't <laughs> know where I live at. Didn't know where I live at. He dropped me off before. He was like, "When you moving?" <laughs> like I like it here. <laughs> He already know, but I liked it. I was comfortable there. I was there forever. So you're you're I right. I do remember. <laughs> and he was like, "You're a nurse now. Why you when you go move?" Like, you know, it's funny. My my, you know, it's true. It's true. But you were able to save too, right? So, so I just decided to do things like my dad kept pressing me to max out the four hundred one k, max out the four hundred one k. So Smart. I maxed out the four hundred one k. I did. I, I did the Roth IRA. Like I just started yeah. to to to. And I wanted to. I wanted to keep the same amount of money I was making. I wanted to live off the same amount of money. So and whenever that, I was working as a nurse's aide, I wanted to, that was my same money. So whatever overflow I had was going to like other accounts, other investments. And then like I would travel. That's smart. See, that's where I try to, that's what I try to tell people today to do. Because when I started, I think I started at $44 an hour, uh, give or take, I want to say. And then I think that translated into with like the incentives, night shift paid to about 80 or 85,000 a year. Um, I, I got an apartment uptown, um, Manhattan, and I was paying $1,500, which to me was a lot. I've never paid that much money in rent. Um, but it was, it was, it was enough, uh, that I also was able to save um, I think over the course of like two, three years, I saved, you know, I, I had a pretty good saving, uh, savings and I bought my first property in New York, which I was proud of and it, and it was a great experience. But looking back at it and the, and the advice I give people now is I tell them, you know, it's that, you know, that $1,500 could have been $700 a month if I had a roommate. Right. You know, it could have been zero if I stayed home. Right. Yeah. You know, those are so things my, you look back at. If my parents at. lived here, I would have definitely left at home. You worked through COVID in New York City. Mm-hmm. COVID is totally different today than it was a few months ago. Uh, what was it like for you? Uh, were you personally affected? I was personally affected. Um, luckily, my family doesn't live here, so my family wasn't getting COVID. But because the health system I work for has hospitals in all different um, social socioeconomic neighborhoods, the hospitals with less staffing and with higher populations, higher minority populations needed more nurses. So we were deployed to different hospitals in different boroughs for both health systems I work for. So we were, okay. I work in Manhattan, but I was deployed to like Brooklyn. I was deployed to Queens. Hmm. Kings County had the highest amount of deaths in the country. So I was able to witness that firsthand and why. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I was able to witness why the call, and it was so, it was so bad. Like I would see people dead, they, they, we saw the cool, the cooling trucks outside, bodies, it was like a factory, bodies going in the trucks. How, so how many hospitals did you work at? Um, during COVID? Yeah. I think four or five. And how often did you see the, you know, that, that you would see bodies just, you know, piled up? You Every would time see I was in Brooklyn or Queens. Every time. Really? Every so day. those images, those images. Every time I walk past the 
walk past the window that showed outside, it's bodies going in. It was like a factory. It was bodies being oiled in. The cool truck, 24 hours. And you would hear code blue, code blue, code. Every hospital has a different code, but you'll hear it like every hour, like code blue, code blue, every hour, twice on an so hour. So what did you do to, how did you, how did you get through that? It must have been extremely stressful. What did you it do to- It was hard, but um, I feel like all the, in the beginning, like it was so hard on the coworkers. Like everybody was so down. Like it was so mm. sad to come to work. Everybody mm-hmm. and people and people were also saying like they I lost my brother, I lost my aunt, my cousins, and like it was just so hard. But then sooner or later, we just was like we all we got is us. So it was like okay. you hung out with after work, or you stay you hung out with your coworkers, or you stay later at work and you guys just talked and hung out. Like it just became okay. like a real knit, close knit family. I'm assuming, you know, we all heard about the pay being great during this time. People were sacrificing a lot. You guys had an influx of travel nurses in the, many right. of those New York City hospitals. What was the pay like? They were paying us $150 an hour. 150 Okay. Plus um, travel pay. In one week, what was the most you made during the COVID, I guess, surge? For one week, for me, probably 5000 5000 that's, and, that's, and that's only because I couldn't do it autumn days like i couldn't okay. do seven days the people who were doing the seven days was bringing in ten thousand seven 000. so you did okay of the five thousand how many days did you work that was like four or five days four or five days so there you had you had co-workers or friends who who made who made up to ten thousand oh, absolutely absolutely so what degree are you pursuing now so i finished my master's recently i combined my two degrees in international affairs and nursing with a master's in health global healthcare policy and management um, with the focus on health economics, which okay. is just like um, the consumer and production of healthcare, you use data to figure out those problems and you try okay. to maximize the healthcare dollar and optimize okay. healthcare delivery. So it sounds like you're still in healthcare, and obviously, even with your master's today, it sounds like you're still working as a nurse, you know, which I think is awesome because it brings to, brings me up to this point. Um, I think a nursing degree is a great degree, degree to get because it's so versatile. It is so um, it lets you pursue so many different things outside of medicine or nursing. I've met people during as a travel nurse who were actors. I met people who were uh, in construction. Um, I met people who traveled the world and will. Yeah, you know, I saw just, I'm, for during COVID, I met a lot of um, flight attendants who were nurses. Really? I've never yeah. met. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. You know, um, so, so businesses, I, entrepreneurs yeah. had coffee shops in different countries. Um, what advice would you give someone who is financing their education and pursuing a nursing degree? So my school was a private school and I took a chance of going there because it was a fast program. I already had my bachelor's. I wanted to do the second degree and I don't, I didn't have a debt. Like I, my, the school I went to for undergrad was so $4,000 a semester. It was very cheap. So okay. I just, took a chance, but luckily I got a 50% scholarship. And when I reached to a, a point in my loans where I realized that I did not want to pay this back or the interest back, that's why I started working a lot to pay off the um, tuition. So I didn't have to have that debt. I rather have paid off that 12,000 a semester and 9,000 a semester. So with have to pay off 15,000 later on. So with your income at this point, do you think that you, you're able to, or were able to make big uh, payments to the debt? Well, yeah, yes, of course. But I also, I think it's, this, is, this is also a choice for people. Some people want to 
don't like to work a lot. They want to work their three or four days and just mm-hmm. live their life comfortably. Mm-hmm. And they want to put down minimum payments or they want to put down half their check on um, loans. But like uh, for me, I, I wanted to I wanted to be able to use my money and my extra money went to loans. So I always had like a second job or per diem job and that would always go to my loans. I know people who stayed at home and paid off their debt until they finished paying. They didn't move out until they finished paying off their loans. So there's different options. I think there's a lot of options where you can get school paid for or just not go into a lot of debt. Because what happens is you kind of just start to build and build and build on top of that debt. And it becomes overwhelming. Some people are like, oh, the degree's worth it. In my opinion, the degree's not worth it at any price. Right. And I always tell people that that too, they always get an apartment first before they figure out how much their loan is going to be costing them a month, how much your loan payments. So you should figure out your loan payments and your bills before you, that should influence your cost of living. Which yeah. is why earlier I'm like, yeah, I could afford to live there, but I can't afford to live there because I have to pay for A, B, and C. So I went to a state school and my tuition was fairly relatively low. You went to a private school with higher tuition. What advice would you give to somebody who's looking at both, you know, cheaper schools at the state level, maybe, and somebody looking at private tuition? Of course, I will always say go to the, with a cheaper option, but because the nursing school, application and nursing field become so saturated that's not always an option for you what if your gpa is a 3.0 or a lower gpa you might not be able to get into those smaller programs you know so then that that, if it's an option for you of course take it but i don't think that it's an option for everybody especially Mm -hmm. people who've been out of school for a long time i I even think that people who do the the, the rn program through the community college and they get a dsn i think that's the best option like the cheapest mm-hmm. way, do the R- BSN online, and then you're fine. Yeah, that's the advice I usually give people is try mm-hmm. to go with the least amount of debt. Going into nursing school, people are like, oh, this school is better for this. That school is better for this. Or I don't like this program for this reason. Don't like that program for this reason. People will always have good and bad things about programs and right. about their experience. But at the end of the day, your debt is your debt. And, right. you know, generally, if you're going into a hospital setting, your income is going to be what at a certain level. You're not going to get paid twenty thousand dollars more. That's right. you know this that more because everybody starts in you know in that right. setting similar, but we don't all pay the same amount of money for a degree. So I think you you know you're right depending on what that is. So for you with the CRNA school, what's the cutoff? What that I will pay? That you think people should pay because people be like, oh, I'm paying three hundred thousand because I'm gonna make the money back at CRNA. We gonna make that money. So what do you <laughs> tell people with CRNA? Oh, that's a great question. I tell them the same thing I tell them with nursing. One, try to go in there with a little to no debt. What does that mean? Uh, there are still CRNA schools who tuition will are around uh, fifty thousand or less. Right. And the type of person I am, I would, you know, I would target those schools. Because on the other end of the spectrum, there are schools that are uh, above 180, you know, and that's just tuition. We're not talking about, you know, your living expenses. Also, CRNA schools are transitioning from a master's to a doctorate program. So with that, tuition is either doubling or tripling. So all that being said, you want to really be careful with debt. So I I tell people, if you're looking at that $150,000 for a CRNA degree, then you need to seriously save because... If you don't have a plan, what will end up happening is you'll go to a school for 150, you know, and then you'll be out of school, not working for three years, 
and you owe another hundred. So you'll end up paying $300,000 because okay. you have a plan and then you have savings. So you have to have a plan with CRNA school because like you said, it became very, very expensive. All right. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you. Um, I can't wait to have you again. Thank you, Danny, my brother for life. Thank you for having me. <laughs>